Hey everyone, this is Ray Hilbert, your host here at Bottom Line Faith. We hope that during this time of the global pandemic that you and yours are safe and sound. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be presenting to you some of the best of episodes that we have recorded over the last few years here at Bottom Line Faith. We're doing this in order to bring you some of the best high-profile and specialized speakers to help you navigate this crisis in your leadership in the marketplace. We'll be back with you soon with some new episodes of Bottom Line Faith, but for now, we hope and pray that this episode will be of tremendous value to help you live out your faith in the marketplace. And now, the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith. On today's show, Ray sits down with business consultant and best-selling author, Perry Marshall. Instead of defining prayer as begging, pleading, groveling, asking for stuff, trotting out all of your big problems, what if we define prayer opening up a space where you listen, spiritually breathe, and then that becomes, you've put on your spiritual gladiator suit, and then you go out in the world. Hello, everyone. This is Ray Hilbert. I am your host here at Bottom Line Faith. This is the program where we travel the country north to south, east to west, and we have the opportunity to interview some of the most amazing Christ followers who love Jesus and who are living out their faith in the marketplace. We interview CEOs, entrepreneurs, occasional athletes and coaches, but what all of our guests have in common is they love the Lord and they are seeking to live out their faith in the marketplace. In fact, our tagline here is eternal business and real life. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. I am just in the outskirts of Chicago, Illinois, and I am with Perry Marshall. Now, folks, let me just give you a little bit of insight on our guest today, Perry Marshall. He is an extraordinarily in-demand business consultant, one of the most in-demand in the world. He's been endorsed by Forbes and Inc. magazine. He has major clients that he's worked with across the globe. He talks and teaches to companies and entrepreneurs globally Uh, We all know at a surface level the 80-20, the Pareto Principle, but Perry is written on this, is a a global expert on this, and we're going to dive into that today. Perry, welcome to Bottom Line Faith. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming, driving, I don't know, hundreds of miles and (laughs) being here. Well, it it felt like that. It was a a beautiful, rainy day. I'm living in Indianapolis and driving up to the Chicago market. But as I was driving up, I wasn't exactly sure where to go with this conversation because we could talk for hours on Evolution 2.0. We could talk for hours on 80-20, and hopefully we can uh, integrate and talk a little bit about it all. But take just a moment and just give a little bit of background on your faith journey. We'll kind of set the stage there, and then we'll get into all this other fun stuff. Fun stuff. So I've got a wife and six kids, four standard issue and two adopted from China. And um, I grew up a pastor's kid. And everybody knows that pastor's kids are rowdy and rebellious. And uh, I definitely fit the bill. When you grow up, saturated in a faith environment, including being a Christian school and all that, that doesn't mean you own it. It just means that this is what's been given to you. So I went through multiple phases of, okay, does this really make sense? And is this really rational? And does this actually work? And I would also say I significantly reinvented my approach to faith multiple times as well. Um, I, I would say I approach things very differently than I did, you know, when I was a kid. 
I think that faith informs everything that you do. And I don't necessarily think it needs to be worn on your sleeve. There are times when you have an overt late night conversation about all of that stuff. And I think there's a lot of times when you just, you just treat people a certain way because, you know, you customers are made in the image of God and it's as much about creating a culture as is that is about anything else. So here we are in Chicago. I'm 50 years old and hopefully have learned a thing or two from my bumps and bruises. (laughs) Well, your your formal training is as an electrical engineer. Is that correct? Yes. So tell our audience now, like, what does your professional life look like right now? You got a lot going on, but just walk us through that. So I'm known probably best as the guy that wrote the book on Google advertising. So my book, Ultimate Guide to Google AdWords, is the best-selling book on internet advertising. So I taught hundreds of thousands of people how to buy Google ads and Facebook ads and maneuver direct marketing. You know, direct marketing was the redheaded stepchild of advertising for almost a century. And then when the internet came along, all of a sudden, the direct marketers were the guys in charge. And so it's turned into a highly precise science with billions and billions and billions of dollars riding on it. Because remember, the the $100 billion that Google and Facebook get is only the tip of the iceberg of the business that's influenced by those ad dollars, right? If you just, let's let's go with an assumption that 5% of the money gets spent on ads or 10% or something, then there's trillions of dollars, right? So that's a very big deal. More recently, reinvented the 80-20 rule. I, I don't think it had been properly taught before I got a hold of it. So you know, most people think they understand 80-20. I say they really don't. It's way deeper than than people think. And, you know, this gets me into interactions with all kinds of interesting people. And so it's fun. It's My life is actually a lot of fun, and, uh, and I'm thankful for it. We do a lot of cool things. Okay, well, where, where should we start today? Should we talk a little bit about 80-20, or should we just jump right in? Let's start with 80-20. We can go further into the stratosphere later. But when I was a sales manager at a software company, I read in a book somewhere about Vilfredo Pareto and the Italian economist who figured out that 20% of the people have 80% of the money and 80% of the people had 20% of the money. And it didn't seem to matter what country he was looking at or what their economic system is, that inequality was always there. It was almost like all these arguments about capitalism and socialism affect things less than you think they do because it's like, okay, and then it it said that it's true in sales too. 80% of your money comes from 20% of your customers. And I thought, is that right? And I printed out a QuickBooks printout. And I went through it with a calculator. I was like, I'll be darned. It's all there. When I get 20% down from top to bottom, I've got 80% of the money. And then the rest is kind of this long tail. And I thought, well, gee, that's interesting. And then I just kind of moved on. Well, there are two things that I didn't understand about it. The first thing was, this is not just a economics or a business rule of thumb. It's actually a universal law of nature, and it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's in almost 
any spreadsheet that you could have of any business, if you're sorting the numbers from top to bottom, that column is usually 80-20. It could be product defects, it could be customer returns, it could be support tickets, it could be problems with employee, like employee sick days. You know, 20% of the employees have 80% of the sick days. It's, it's also like in ordinary physical things. 80% of the dirt on your carpet is in 20% of the carpet because it's that track okay. where most okay. people yep. walk. Yep. And 80% of the cars drive on 20% of the roads. And 80% of the leaves are on 20% of the tree branches. It's, it's the size of craters on the moon. And it's the size of sand grains in a bucket of sand. It's all over. It literally is a law of cause and effect. Um, and, and so I didn't realize that until about 15 years ago. The other thing that I didn't realize was that it's fractal. Now, fractal is a very powerful concept, which is a pattern in a pattern in a pattern in a pattern in a pattern. Almost like one of those okay. Russian dolls? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So a tree, you know, there's a tree outside and it's 50 feet tall and the tree has this big branching pattern, but I can zoom into the branches. I can zoom into the twigs. I can zoom into the leaves. I can zoom in with a microscope on the veins in the leaves and the branching just keeps going down and down and down and down, down all the way down to the cells. Okay. So how many levels of branching are there in a tree? 10, 20, 30, where like each one is an order of magnitude, 80-20 is the same way. So mm. there's an 80-20 inside the 80-20, and then there's another one. And that, so 20% of the people in the, in the planet have 80% of the wealth. But then I can take the, 20%, the top 20%, and 20% of them have 80% of that wealth, and I can take the top 20% of them and 20% of them have 80% of the wealth. I can get all the way to the Forbes 400 or the Fortune 500, and 80-20 is still true. And you know what? It's still true when I get to the top 10 richest people in the world, 20% of the richest people in the world still have 80% of the money. So it's true from 8 billion people all the way down to the richest 10 people. It's a law of nature. So most people fight it. They should be harnessing it. Your whole life becomes way more efficient when you flow with the way that nature wants to flow. And then this is where a kingdom mindset becomes different than the rest of the world. And it also becomes more self-aware than the rest of the world is that you have to decide when you need to be 80-20 and when you need to be about equality. Okay, and, and most people and most Christians are very vague, very confused. They, they kind of mix things together. They don't really see things for how they really are. And so there's enormous levers in business if you can learn how to harness 80-20. And really, all of, our, all of our political arguments about, well, how do we do healthcare and how do we treat the poor and how do we do social security and all these kinds of things? They are questions of how you deal with 80-20. Uh -huh. How do you deal with inequality? Because inequality is baked into the universe. I think it 
it tells you thing, some things about God. I think there's some theological things. I don't know if we'll get into those today, but it's it's very deep. And and so I wrote a book called 80-20 Sales and Marketing that goes way into well, that. Well, I've heard, as I've listened to some of your other presentations and podcast interviews and so forth, you, you talk about... Uh, and I may not say this exactly right, so correct me, but some things talk about how things happen, and some things, in like religion is why things happen. Would you just elaborate on that a little bit? Because I think there's an interesting tie into this. Oh, oh well, okay, so so there's, yeah, so in the world, there's really, there's really two questions. There's what, and there's why, okay? Now, the what questions are, you know, the periodic table and chemistry and physics and laws of physics and, you know, how fast uh, meteors fall through the sky and, you know, the orbits of the suns and the planets. Like, there's there's a whole world of material things, okay? But then there's a whole world of, of let's say, immaterial things or purposeful things. And that's the world of purpose and intention. And, you know, you can't, you can't derive purpose or intention from the laws of physics. Like, a meteor crashes into a planet, and it it just obeys the laws of physics, and that's it. Like it just obeys a formula, yeah. and we know what the formulas are, and we know how this stuff works. But if I say Ray, raise your right hand, you can raise your right right hand, or you could go no, I don't feel like raising my right hand. Or I say Ray, vote for Bernie Sanders, and you go I don't want to vote for Bernie Sanders. Or you can say Oh, I love that guy. Right. This is the world of choice. And well, so <laughs> this this is like a big philosophical scientific question of where does choice come from, which is, well, that's why I created Evolution 2.0 Prize, which is um, well, that's like a whole <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation, but it matters, right? And well, this is another thing where I think people are kind of unclear about how the world works. I think I think people have choices. I think people have free will. I think I actually think all living things have free will. I think when I when I tell my dog not to pee on the carpet, the dog decides whether he's going to pee on the carpet or not. And we all know what it's like when they know they yeah. did it and they yeah. look at you and they're, and they're over in the corner cowering. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, it's like I I can tell the dog did something just by how that he looks at me when I was like. What did you do? Oh man. oh, man. Okay. There's a surprise in the house somewhere. I guess we're going to find out where that is. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so kind of heading back to this 80-20, you talk to us about the difference between averages and 80-20, because I love what you teach in this and as it relates to business. So, so most of the time when somebody tells you the average of something – it's not what you want. So, to like know. for example, our average customer spends two hundred dollars a year. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Or our average customer spends two hundred dollars, or the average person in the city makes fifty-seven thousand dollars a year. That is almost never. Or the average grade on the history test was seventy-seven percent. Yeah. That's almost never what you want to know. Okay. Because average, the average person has very little effect on anything. Okay, what what eighty twenty says is that twenty percent of the people affect eighty percent of what goes on, and four percent of the people affect two thirds of what goes on, and one percent of the people affect half of what goes on, and a tiny 
percentage of people, like a, a minuscule percentage of people, affects 25% of everything. Okay, this is how the world actually works. So, if 100 kids take a science test and the average is 77, well, the average kid is not going to be a scientist. He's not going to do any scientific work. He's not going to have mm -hmm. any mm -hmm. effect on the outcome of anything scientific. One kid will do more science than all 99 of the other ones put together. And that's the one you care about. And that's the one who's going to get a job at Sandia Labs or at yeah. Abbott or at a university or somewhere. That's, that's the one who's going to make all the decisions. That's the one who's going to spend the scientific research money. And everything is like this. So um, when I do seminars, one of my favorite things to do is I'll go. Uh, so like I had 250 people at an Entrepreneur Magazine conference a few years ago in Florida. So I go, everybody who owns shoes, stand up. Whole crowd. Whole crowd. And everybody stands up. So if you own five pairs of shoes or less, sit down. And a bunch of people sit down. And then I start doubling yeah. the number. Yeah. 10, sit down. 20, sit down. 40, sit down. 80. So almost everybody's sit down. 160, there's a few people still standing. 320, there's still a few people Whoa. standing. Whoa. 640, there's still one woman standing. I go, how many shoes do you have? And she goes, 800. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Then I do it with domain names. Uh, the number one, there was a guy in the, in the room with 5 million domain names. There was a person with 10 million in the room. Okay? Now, this, ha this always happens. Okay? Especially with <laughs> wow. shoes. Okay? Now, not every crowd has a 10 million domain name person in it. An entrepreneur magazine crowd would. Okay? But I did a presentation at Notre Dame uh, two months ago, and there was like 40 people in the room, and one woman had like 160 pairs yeah. of shoes. Yeah. Always, it's always the case that 1% of the people have 50% of the shoes. And it's true of real estate and automobiles and watches and audio equipment and books. It's, it's always true. Okay, so... When, when you suddenly realize how unequal everything is, it's, it's this massive yeah. Yeah. eye-opening experience. And business people must know this. Okay, so you see it in the Gospels. Jesus sent out 70 people, okay, but he had 12 disciples. And then who did he take to the Mount of Transfiguration? Peter, James, and John. And John was a disciple the disciple that one. Jesus yeah, loved, yeah. okay? Yeah, yeah. So you have 70, 12, 3, and 1, even just in, in Jesus, Yeah, right? That's, yeah. that's okay. fantastic. Okay? Fantastic. You have the 12 tribes of Israel, but you have two tribes that really influence the political and the religious activity of the nation, right? 80-20 is everywhere. <laughs> and once you see it, you can't unsee yeah. it. Yeah. When people read 80-20 sales and marketing, they go, oh my goodness, I cannot look out the window and not see 8020. <laughs> yep. No, that's a that's like huge because it's like you have these little glasses that you can put on. You go, okay, so you could walk into any business and start finding the 8020s. So there's the good 8020s and there's the bad 8020s, right? So the good 8020s are the most profitable customers and the most profitable product lines and the most productive employees, okay? And then there's 
the employees that chew up time and they 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 cause scandals and problems with the other employees and there's there's most most businesses lose money on at least five to ten percent of their customers and five percent of, the, of their product lines at least sometimes more like 15 or 20 percent like you're taping dollar bills to every unit that gets shipped out and you don't know it almost always true. This is so intriguing to me, and I know we could talk about this for hours, but let's say that I'm a, a business owner, an entrepreneur, listening to this conversation, and I, whether I want to use this, this, this teaching for evaluating my sales team yep. and my top yep. producers versus my non-producers, or maybe I'm an accountant and I'm trying to decide which of my clients to keep, or I'm a printer and I'm needing to decide about my equipment or my customers. Where do I start with this? How do I take this principle that's universal as you said it's everywhere how do what do i do to start okay so let's start with customers so 20% of your customers make 80% of your money and some percentage of your customers probably 5 or 10% actually lose you money so the first thing that you can do to make your life easier is fire some customers now most people have never done this mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. but i was a keynote speaker at a conference for public accountants a few years ago. So I stand, I'm standing in front of all these CPAs and they all do tax stuff and everything. I go, so how many of you, you have that client? <laughs> okay. And he, he like, he, he brings you like this giant shoebox full of receipts at six o'clock PM on April 14. And you know, everything's a crisis and he sends you 44 different emails and, He's, he's a real pain and, and like maybe he's unkind to your staff and you're going, I'm only making $300 a year on this guy. Like I said, so how many, how many you have that guy? And Everybody. all these yeah, hands go hand. up, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I go, so I, Perry Marshall, best-selling author, I give you permission. <laughs> you can fire these clients. Now you don't have to be mean about it, but you can send them a letter and you can say, hey, I sat down with my board the other day, which could be your wife, right? <laughs> And we are moving our business in some new directions. And currently doing your taxes is just not a good fit for where we're headed. We'll be happy to refer you to some other people, transfer your information over to these other guys, and you just move them off your plate. Well, you because it really cost you $900 to do that $300 tax job, okay? So you just came out $900 ahead and you don't have to do the work, okay? Then... Everybody has the customer who like faxes in a purchase order once a year and it's for $85,000 and nobody even knows what these people do, yeah. right? Yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like they're low maintenance and nobody hardly even notices that it happens and you ship the stuff out. It's like, has anybody ever gone and visited these people, right? And then you're like, hey, you know, I really appreciate your business. Could we just stop by and get to know you, see if we can serve you better? Or, you know, if there's any problems yet, you go meet with them and you find out, oh, you could have been selling them $580,000 of stuff. That customer always exists in every, they're like the needle in a haystack, but they're in there. And they're not that hard to identify if you just pay attention. Like, who are we not paying attention to, right? Right, you go to your go through a list of your top ten customers. Which one? Which two of these are we like never even talking to? They're super easy and low maintenance. Right, you get rid of the bad ones, keep the good ones. No, you didn't have to go get any new customers. 
You didn't have to hire any new salespeople. Okay, then when you hire people. So I've got a client in Montana, and he has a window cleaning company. Sid has this thing called the two-week paid interview. Okay. So when, when you get hired by Sid's company, you're not officially on the team for two weeks. And you're just in a trial period. And if it doesn't work out, it's no yeah. big deal. Yeah. Hey, you know, you don't like me. I don't like you. Things didn't work out. Or you showed up when, hey, maybe this isn't the job for you. And we're just done. You're not hiring people some expectation that they get a job for their whole life or, yeah. any, or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. But you need to hire slow and fire fast. And there's somebody you need to fire and you've not been admitting to it to yourself. And you know it, and they know it, and they're just hanging by their fingernails, and they're hoping it does the, the axe doesn't fall. But you know you need to get rid of them, and you know who they are. Plus, there's probably somebody else you're less clear about, but they're really not helping you out. And if you, know, if you talk to customers, if you talk to the other employees, they're actually causing more problems than they're worth. All right, so now you're not paying payroll to that person right. anymore. right. You can go from red to black, or you can go from struggling with payroll to paying it no problem. This is always true. And I've only scratched yeah, the surface, absolutely. right? We haven't. we haven't opened up a Facebook account or a Google AdWords account. We haven't opened any spreadsheets. We haven't done a, a cost accounting on all your product lines or anything like really you know, detailed. I mean, this is just surface So what stuff. I'm hearing, and I do want to transition and just want, what I'm hearing on this part of the conversation is any part of my business, if I just enter into it, okay, with this conversation in mind of 80-20, yes. I'm going yes. to get tremendous insight on where I should yes. and should not be investing time, energy, and resources. Did I capture yes. that? Yes, capture that? Yes, because 1% of everything you're, you're doing is producing 50% of what you're getting. What is the 1%? There's a lot of stuff you don't need to be doing. Most people are wasting at least, at least a third of their day, if not half, doing stupid stuff. They're doing $10 an hour work when they could be doing 100 or 1000 or $10,000 an hour work. And so, Perry, just just give a word of encouragement, just a word of encouragement to our audience. They're, they're followers of Christ. Maybe they, they've been listening, and maybe something's been said here that's been an encouragement to them. But just, just give us one piece of advice that you would like our audience to take away from our conversation today, or a word of encouragement. Okay, if, if you decide to go to the bob, bottom of the swamp and solve problems at their roots and go after like, the real issues, then you, you are taking on the monsters of the world. And it's inevitable that at times that's going to be a long, lonely yeah. road. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I, I promise you. Okay? Like, I, I can remember about, oh, probably about six years ago, there was about a two-year period. It was, it was just brutal. And, like, everything was stacked against me. And I think when when you see, I think you can you can wait for God to test you or you can sort of voluntarily take on testing. Okay? And you, you can you can wait for God to whack you on the head and give you a big piece of correction or you can sort of take the burden on yourself proactively and 
you know, it, it doesn't make it any easier, but I can tell you this is that when you get through the trials, the rewards for solving problems at their roots are very, very, very great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's, like that's why most people don't get there and that's why the trials are so discouraging. Okay? Like you could be going through something that seems totally senseless and pointless. Well, maybe it is or it isn't. But if you go through it, you gain authority. You gain spiritual authority. You just do. And and you don't know how that's going to come useful in the future. That's awesome. Well, Perry, I just love, uh, thank you for the time today. I, I, I could go on and on and on. And, but uh, I'm going to ask you one more question. It's kind of the yeah. trademark of our podcast. I asked this yeah. 150 interviews to this point. I've asked it every single time. And I caught my 423 question. It's uh, based out of Proverbs 423, where Solomon writes, above all else, guard your heart, for from it flows all of life. Mm. So... That was like him summarizing, say, look, I've given you all this great stuff to think about and to live, but above all else, guard your heart. It's the one thing I want you to remember. So, so Perry, let's fast forward the clock. Let's say you're uh, it's getting near the end of your time, this side of eternity here on earth, and you have a chance to leave behind to your family, to your friends, the one piece of advice, like Curly back in, in the old uh, movie City Slickers, the one thing. So fill in the blank for us here, uh, Perry. Above all else... Start your day with the exercise of listening to God. Before you check email, get on the news, watch social media, preferably even before you interact with anybody. I call this Renaissance time. Mm -hmm. It is the best habit that I have ever cultivated in my life. Uh, it started about six years ago, and I haven't missed a day. Every morning, get out of bed, take a shower, cup of tea, and sit down with a notebook. And I ask questions and I listen. And and I just like, and I just I just free write. And and if I've got a question, then that's my time. That's when I ask God the question, and I write down whatever comes back without editing mm. or or anything, okay? And so what if we were, instead of defining prayer as begging, pleading, groveling, asking for stuff, um, trotting out all of your, you know, big problems and because yep. we we all yep. got yep. problems, okay? What if what if we define prayer instead of prayer is opening up a space where you listen and not allowing all of the other noise in the world to crowd out until you've had a chance to listen and process some of that, you know, like spiritually breathe, okay? And then that becomes like you've put on your spiritual gladiator suit and then you go out in the world. That is the best habit that I have Cultivated. I love it. Can, can I tell you a course, story about yes. that? Are we going too long? Let's go. Let's hear it. Okay. Let's hear it. Okay. So, uh, a couple times a year, I do I do this certain kind of workshop with just four people in the room for two days, and so I was doing one of these workshops, and this guy, we're at dinner the first night 
of the two-day workshop. And the guy says, I had such a good time today, I didn't think about my lawsuit all afternoon. And I go, lawsuit? And he goes, oh, never mind. I don't want to get into that. So next morning, I'm doing my Renaissance time with my notebook, okay? So that is probably 6 or 6.30 in the morning. Everybody's going to come at 9. And I go, what should I talk about today in the workshop? And the answer I get is, ask the guy about his lawsuit and talk to him about forgiveness and inner healing. <laughs> okay. So, everybody shows up, 9 o'clock, all right, housekeeping. We're just about to get started. I look at my watch. It's 9.20. I go, oh, I'm supposed to ask you about your lawsuit. Tell me about your lawsuit. And he's sitting there with his wife, and he goes, oh. Here we go. Here we go. He goes, well, so I got this employee, and they claim that, like, I did something, and I didn't do it. But it's their word against mine, and, like, they left two years ago, but they filed a lawsuit, and this thing has been hanging over my head for two years, and I got lawyers, and I'm terrified this thing's going to go to trial. You never know how that could turn out. Ugh. And... I said, so there's something I want you to do. I said, I would like you, this doesn't, isn't going to make any logical sense, but I want you to forgive this person and tell God that you want, this, want him to do good things for them in their life, even though they're trying to strangle you. And he's sitting there, and his wife is sitting there. They kind of look at me like, okay, yeah, I get it. And they go, Okay, and just then his phone buzzes. <laughs> and I look at my watch, and it's 924. So we've been having this conversation for four uh -huh, minutes. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And he goes, my attorney wants him me to call. And I said, take the call. It's good news. And his wife goes, it's never good news when that guy calls. <laughs> That's right. I, said, I said, take the call. He leaves, he comes back 10 minutes later, and he goes, they want to settle. And they're willing to settle for $10,000 less than I decided I would be willing to pay two weeks ago. He went home, he wrote a $120,000 check, and it was over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because God Done. spoke to God you spoke in your Renaissance time. Right. Now, this had been going on for two yeah. years, yes. So, here's, here's a question for everybody listening. We're going to draw a line on a piece of paper from 2011 to 2013, because I know the date that this happened, okay? And in 2013, there is a four-minute window from 920 to 924. And in the four-minute window, he forgave the, the person, and at 924, he gets the text from his attorney. Now, my question for you is, was that a coincidence <laughs> or does forgiveness create a, a form of time travel and change the course of events? And, and was this just Perry's imagination when he was yeah. there with his yeah. notebook at 630 yeah, in the morning? Convince or, me. Or, or is there, is, was, was there something there? Yeah. 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 Now, I can't answer that question for you. I can tell you how I yeah. answer it. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you that once this has happened to you a couple of times, 
you now know that the world works this other yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that things are connected in ways that you cannot see. Okay? And when you do life that way, it's a lot more fun. Yes, it is. Because the, the universe is not just billiard balls bouncing around meaninglessly in a purposeless universe. Okay? And, and you know, the lawsuit may get canceled at 924, or it may right. not. I right. mean... I mean, I've certainly given other people that yeah. advice and their lawsuit didn't get canceled. Like I can think of another guy, he's yeah. still got a lawsuit, yeah. Yeah. okay? Yeah. Yeah. But again, it only has to happen a few yeah. times. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, if this happens like 10% of the time, that ain't yeah. chance. that's right. Well, and, and the last thing I'd say, or add to that is, even if that lawsuit didn't get canceled, it was about what's going on in that person's heart mm -hmm. because you couldn't put a price tag on the burden that he had been carrying for those years. Yeah. And just yeah. letting go of that is worth, whether the lawsuit went away or not, just that burden he was carrying. It was like a cancer. That's good stuff. Perry, thanks for being here. <laughs> Can I come back sometime? <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> Got a lot more to cover. You, sure. Is, we'll do a part two. We'll do a part, yeah, we'll two. Do a part two. Well, folks, uh, thanks for joining us today here at Bottom Line Faith. Wow, what a what a great example. This whole integration, you know, eternal business, real life. You know, we, we've had conversations from 80-20 and principles of growing your business and really honing in on how to identify the most important things to focus on and to grow and to get rid of. We'd love for you to check us out on Stitcher. Uh, iTunes, Google Play, all the podcast platforms were out there. I recommend the program to your friends. Go online, give us positive reviews. We just love to hear the great comments coming back. So thanks again so much. And until next time, I am your host, Ray Hilbert, encouraging you to live out your faith each day in the marketplace. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bottom Line Faith is brought to you by Truth at Work. If you'd like to hear about new episodes or listen to past episodes, visit us online at bottomlinefaith.org. You can also subscribe to the show through Google Play and iTunes.